Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 4 of this daily study podcast based on our Come Follow Me study. Thank you so much for joining again today as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We've looked at Moses chapter 1 and now we're going to move on to Abraham chapter 3 in this week, which is in December the 27th to the 2nd of January. Um, before we dive into Abraham chapter 3, I think it is important that we just first understand what the book of Abraham is. Uh, the book of Abraham is a different um, kind of source from the book of Moses, and yet they are placed in the Pearl of the Great, Great Price one after the other. Uh, the book of Abraham was received by a translation of some Egyptian papyri, which was sold to the prophet Joseph Smith um, in the 1830s. And these papyri, um, the prophet Joseph took and received this, this book, this book of Abraham. Now, in terms of how that translation process worked, we are not 100%. Uh, the prophet Joseph Smith never really explained how it worked, whether he was word for word translating the characters on the Egyptian papyri and receiving the book of Revelation, or whether the book of uh, the, the papyri and the artifacts were conduits through Revelation was received um, and the, the book of Abraham was, was revealed. Uh, we do not know. Uh, it wasn't explained as such. And either could work. Um, some would argue that the the remains of these Egyptian papyri that we have do not correlate to what the book of Abraham says uh, in our scriptures today. Um, however, there are some issues with that. First of all, is that we only have a small fraction remaining of, this, of these papyri that, that the prophet Joseph Smith had. In the Great Chicago Fire, most of it was destroyed, and we have around about, I believe, 10% remaining of the actual papyri that the, the prophet Joseph had. And so to say that because what we have left today because that doesn't relate to what we have in the book of Abraham, therefore it couldn't have been translated, is a bit problematic because, of course, there is a whole 90% that we don't have. Um, however, in terms of how it was translated, that's probably not as important. What we do know is that it was inspired by these these artefacts and that the Lord's uh, hand was revealed and it gave to the prophet Joseph this, this book of Abraham. There is so much more that goes into this kind of where the book of Abraham came from. And of course, there are some things which has has troubled some people or made them question their faith, I suppose. Uh, but I think it's important that we have the whole background and context about the book of Abraham, because as someone that has read um, the arguments against um, the book of Abraham being a an inspired work uh, by the prophet Joseph from the Lord himself, um, I've read those arguments and, and I've also looked at the reasons and the facts and the, and the context behind it. And really, um, we just don't know enough uh, about the papyri to know exactly how this process worked. Um, and so I am very happy with the knowledge that I know that the Book of Mormon is true, that Joseph Smith was a, was a prophet of God, that the truths that are taught in this um, Book of Abraham um how actually, when you look at some of the names, the context, the background and the things that happen in the book of Abraham, not just Abraham chapter three, but especially in Abraham chapter one, where we have the kind of beginning of Abraham's record um, that we re that was received through the prophet Joseph and the number of kind of links and um, collaborations, I think the word is, or things which basically that a a twenty four year old or or twenty or mid twenties late twenties year old farm hand from in America 
wouldn't have known about a number of the things that come through in this book of Abraham, but yet have been confirmed through Egyptian studies and things like that, like certain names of certain gods and uh, certain um, beliefs about uh, Egyptian, uh, ancient Egyptian beliefs that were not known at the time of Joseph Smith and then suddenly appear in this book of Abraham. It, it is fascinating to, to study when you look into it. Um, I'm not going to go into all that, though, because my focus for this podcast is building faith uh, and uh, building our faith through the scriptures, through the revelation and the, and the lessons that we can learn from the scriptures. And of course, where we can bring in some of that um, understanding of you know the context as well. And I think the context is important, which is why I'm spending a good half of this, ep- this first episode discussing this. But for further information, I fully recommend that you look at, first of all, the... Um, Gospel Topics essay uh, on the Book of Abraham. That is a very useful document, which kind of brings together all the context that we need uh, in terms of the the papyri and the Book of Abraham and the translation process and so on. Um, I would also recommend that you download the um, Book of Mormon Central app, um, because on that app, if you then look at the Per the Great Price, you know, the Abraham section, it links you to and Book of Abraham Insights, and there are dozens of these things which just show a number of coincidences, in inverted commas, let's say, uh, that appear in the Book of Abraham, which couldn't possibly be there unless Joseph Smith was a very intelligent man who was very learned about all sorts of Egyptian things, or he received revelation from God. Uh, and I think that when you see the things that are in there, you, you'll have to be drawing the conclusion that he was inspired by God and received this by translation, whether it was a word-for-word translation of the papyri or he received it uh, by revelation, um, it frankly, to me, doesn't matter. Um, So going on now into the book of Abraham, we are going to have a look at the first section. I mean, many will be tempted to kind of skip past the first kind of 15 to 20 um, verses because we start learning about the stars and Kolob and all sorts of... um, grand uh, discussions about planets and stars and things like that and whilst we look at this and perhaps you know we are not understanding a bit what's going on here what I do find interesting is that we have to remember that again in the time of Abraham and even in the time of the prophet Joseph Smith we didn't have the understanding of the universe that we have today and we look at this today and we think well yeah that makes sense but back then particularly in Abraham's time this was mind-blowing. This was earth-staggering. This was against everything that was understood about the heavens at this time. And yet we see that it falls in line with what we know today about space and about universes, about the universe and about galaxies and so on. Um, I'm going to pick out a few things. First of all, um, that Kolob, this this Kolob, which we understand to be the, the planet or the the world closest to God. Uh, it says in verses three to four, and the Lord sent unto me, these are the governing ones, and the name of the great one is Kolob, because it is near unto me, for I am the Lord thy God. I have set this one to govern all those which belong to the same order as that upon that which thou standest. And the Lord said unto me by the Urim and Thummim that Kolob was after the manner of the Lord, according to its times and seasons in the revolutions thereof, and that one revolution was a day unto the Lord after his manner of reckoning, it being 1,000 years, according to the time appointed unto, unto that whereon thou standest. Um, 
This is the reckoning of the Lord's time according to the reckoning of Kolob. So this basically just helps us understand that God's timing, God's works are much grander than we can imagine. That a day for God is a thousand years for us of our understanding of years, let's say. Uh, and so it just gives us an idea that time works differently for our Heavenly Father and that his time is higher than our time or our understanding of time. And so when we wonder when things aren't coming right now or when we want them, we have to understand that the Lord's time is the way to govern or should be the way to govern our lives, that his blessings, his his miracles come at the time they need to. And I think that's a nice um, thing to, to know and, and, and understand. Um, going further uh, into this, um, in verses 11 and 12, it says, And thus I, Abraham, talked with the Lord face to face, as one man talketh with another. And he told me of the works with which his hands have made. And he said unto me, My son, my son, and his hand was stretched out. Behold, I will show you all these. And he put his hand upon mine eyes, and I saw those things which his hands had made, which were many, and they multiplied before mine eyes, and I could not see the end thereof. Fascinating this, actually. You know, the Lord could have just said, look, and he would have seen it. We see that many times in scriptures. You think of Nephi in his vision when the angel said, look, and I looked and I saw. But in this instance, the Lord puts his hands over the eyes of Abraham. Now, usually when you put your hands over the eyes of someone, it is to block their vision. It is to stop them from seeing something. But when the Lord puts his hands over Abraham's eyes, he sees literally the things that his hands had made, which I think is a fascinating thing. Um, and the Lord then talks about how there are different levels and different stars and how each of these stars have their own glory and their own understanding and their own intelligence and power. And that the highest is Kolob and that there are different levels. Um and interestingly, in verse 18, it says, How be it that he made the greater star, as also if there be two spirits, and one shall be more intelligent than, than the other, yet these two spirits, notwithstanding one is more intelligent than the other, have no beginning. They existed before, they shall have no end. They shall exist after, for they are noalam, or eternal. Um, noalam, apparently, according to the footnote, is a transliteration of a Hebrew word meaning eternal. Again, Joseph Smith knowing that? I mean, possibly he could know that. We do know that he learned Hebrew. Uh, but, you know, we start to see here a grand vision of the Lord teaching Abraham through the planets and the stars about us. And I think this is absolutely fascinating because what the Lord does not want him to, to, to know before he goes to, to teach the people that he knows in, in Egypt, because Abraham does go to Egypt and teach there. And it says that he, the Lord says in, the, in this chapter that he needs to know these things before he goes uh, to teach. You have to wonder, is, he, is it that he has to know about the, the stars and the planets before he goes to teach? Or does he have to understand? In fact, in verse 15, I just found it. I was looking for it. It says, And the Lord said unto me, Abraham, I show these things unto thee before ye go into Egypt, that ye may declare all these words. Is it that the Lord wants Abraham to know about planets and stars and the universe to teach it to the Egyptians? Or is it that he wants Abraham to learn from this object lesson how we work as spirits? We are eternal. We all have different levels of understanding. And the word is used intelligence. And I think the word intelligence here isn't about learnedness. It's more about how we act with the light that we have. 
And if we act in righteousness with the light that we have, then we're able to receive more light and move another level, as it were, out of our orbit into a higher orbit. We start to see now why the Lord gives us this huge beginning of collab and discussions about planets and stars, because he's teaching Abraham about us as spirits. And then, as we'll find out tomorrow, he goes into the pre-mortal existence. I mean, brilliant. Like All of this stuff is helping us to understand how we are eternal as spirits. That before we were created as spirit children, we had a life before. That is supporting doctrine. Again, we don't need to necessarily know that, but I think it's fascinating to know that we have a, a progression to go on and that the Lord wants us to to reach our potential. Gone away over there by a couple of by a few minutes, uh, so please uh, forgive me for that. But uh, I think the context was important for the Book of Abraham as well as this first section. We'll go into more of the discussion about the pre-mortal existence uh, tomorrow and on Sunday, where we'll on Sunday probably talk more about the link it then has going into the creation, which then of course is our study next week. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for joining us, and until we meet again.